Yes. Whoop, whoop. Recording in progress. Awesome. Okay, so I probably am going to look up at this computer and I'm going to see if I can keep this at a minimum. There we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Revelation discussion. Um, we're going to weekly talk through Revelation. We've already discussed chapters one and two of Revelation, and we are going to continue on with um, chapter three. And I think we're just going to go chapter by chapter. Um, we might do two chapters at a time to kind of speed things through because um, that would at least give us about seven weeks of discussion. Um, ish. Uh, and uh, I want to make sure that we get as much of the discussion as possible. So if you're joining us via Zoom, um, just let me know when you're here and um, wave and I will sign you on. All right. Hello. Hello. And yes, let me exit out of there. And if you're on Facebook, I'm going to discuss things um, just to you guys and uh, you will be able to see me where Zoom, you can see me too right now if you sign on, but later on you can catch the audio on the podcast, okay? So before we get started, I just want to pray over what we're talking about and um and just give this moment to God. I believe that this is the time that we are in desperate need to discuss what God is doing through the book of Revelation. It is a blessed book. Jesus said so. Blessed are those who read these words. And I believe it's very timely. Um, I don't think that we should be in fear during this time. I don't think that we should be looking to this book as a how-to through escapism. I think that it is a check yourself before you wreck yourself book for this generation because so many people are living in ways that God himself through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit warned that he does not want his church to be like in the last days. And like I've said before, um, we don't know when Jesus is going to be going to return. We can know the season and we can look around and we can tell by what is going on compared to his word, what season we're in, but we don't know the day or hour. Jesus doesn't know the day or hour, only the father does. But this is my, this is my urgent warning to this generation, my generation, the 40-year-olds, the 30-year-olds, the ones who are raising a generation, what is it, Omega now, um, Generation Z, uh, the final generation as, as the world has been calling them. If we become apathetic, lazy, lackadaisical, um, and just in a ditch when it comes to the word of God and what we teach the young people, what we will be doing is raising yet another generation that is that has their ears closed to the word of God, that are not listening and watching for his return. And unfortunately, the generation prior 
to this generation um, has had dropped the ball. Um, they got swept up in hating on televangelists and all the giving into the church and all the stuff that they forgot to just get into the word of God. And because the word of God is going to move no matter who's on television, no matter who's in office, no matter who is talking on this earth, God is going to move. His will is going to be done. Whether we want it, like it, or understand it or not, his will is going to be done. So it's up to us to read his word, to take it to heart, and to teach it to the next generation. Because I don't know about y'all, if my children who are 21 and 16 right now, if I don't fill them with the word of God, when they become my age, I want them to be Joshua's. I want them to be so full of God's presence and so full of God's just love and knowledge that my grandchildren and even my great grandchildren will know that they should be living lives worthy of the blood of Jesus, that they should be living a holy life, not perfect lives, but lives that are constantly thinking, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? Because I want my lamp trimmed and my oil filled in order for me to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. That's what this is. This isn't saying that Jesus is coming back in the fall, although he very well may be. It's not saying that Jesus is coming back today, although he very well may be. But it is saying that if we don't take heed of what God is saying and to get a, a true grasp of the holiness and the goodness of God, we can very well um, lead the next generation into depravity and moral, immoral activities and push them further away from the, from the truth of God's word, that Jesus is returning and he is coming back for a bride that takes what he's doing very seriously. And please ignore the fly. I don't know what it is about flies right now um, that are here in our, in our house and stuff. I'm about to swat it here in a minute, but um, uh, I want you to understand that it is so important. This, his word is so important. I'm about to swat this fly. It's making me very angry. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to pray. I don't want to get too off track, but I'm going to pray. And I want you to keep this in mind, keep this at heart. Um, and, and look to what we're going to read as a, um, as an alarm on your clock. Don't hit snooze, get up and get going and make way for the Lord. Amen. Lord, I just surrender this time to you. I surrender your, your, my words to your will. I surrender all to you, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for giving me the words to say through your word and showing me through your Holy Spirit what needs to be said about what we're about to read. I thank you, Father God, for opening our hearts and our minds and our ears to your will and to your voice. No other voice will be listened to. I thank you, Father, for those listening to this, whether through Zoom, whether it's through Facebook Live or later on through the podcast, Lord, I thank you, Father, that your words do not return void, that it is good and it is true and it is lovely and it is beautiful and it goes into fertile soil and it will produce fruit, whether it's today, tomorrow, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 75 years from now, Lord God, I thank you that your word is true and it is good. I thank you, Father, for this time as we... Um, 
as we spend digging into your word, prepare our hearts that all the distractions and all the things that like to come against us when your word is opened um, is rebuked right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for standing guard around this house, around the internet, around our hearts, around our minds, that we stay focused and that we receive everything that you have for us. You're, you're so good. And I thank you for that. And I praise you for that. And I give you glory and honor for that. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Okay. So we left off with, um, we read Revelation 1 and 2. Now, Revelation 1 is basically the intro telling us how important what we're about to see is. Revelation 2, we have the different churches that are being warned for what is going on, what is about to happen it is basically, like I said earlier, a check yourself before you wreck yourself chapter. It is showing you, listen, this is what God says I don't like. This is what God says I do like. And forgive me, we're going to read chapter four. Chapter three is the exact same thing. It's a continuation of God saying, this is, these are the churches that I'm looking at. I'm looking, are you a dead church? Are you a lukewarm church? Are you the persecuted church? Are you the compromising church? Are you the com uh, corrupt church? Are you the loveless church? Are you these people? If you are, if so, then I want you to take inventory, take heed, listen to the Holy Spirit. You have time. If the trumpet hasn't sounded, you have time to correct these things and get your act together. If you are in this church that I am the faithful church that you're plugging through, keep going. You're going to get persecuted. Understand the enemy hates you. It he hates you with a frothing passion because you are exactly what he does not want to come to fruition. He does want, does not want faithful men and women of God. He wants people to be lazy, lackadaisicals, lovers of self, lovers of um, just temptation, covetous, murderous, idolatrous, adulterous. He wants, that's what the enemy wants us to be. So he will attack us on every front to keep us from living the life that he is, that he knows will just inevitably destroy him. So whenever we lean into the faithfulness of God, whenever we lean into his word, whenever we lean into the truth of God's word, expect the enemy to be right there hammering at you with, with, um, flaming darts of doubt, of anxiety, of fear, of lack, all the things that he knows that will completely sweep the leg. Like I like to say, my Karate Kid reference, he likes to sweep the leg of believers who he knows because he sees the spirit. He sees what you truly look like in the spirit. He sees if you're spiritually neglecting your life, he sees that you're spiritually strong. And either one, he wants to attack. He wants to attack the spiritually strong because he wants to see, do you believe in what you believe in? That's what he did to Job. And God was like, you can't kill him. You can test him, but you can't kill him. And, and he wants to go for the weak. He wants to go for those that are on a slippery slope that have compromised day after day after day. He wants to attack your children. He wants to attack your mind. He wants to attack your finances. He wants to attack your understanding of God's word. And he wants to make sure that what you've already sowed in your life that is contrary to the word of God comes to fruition. So what we need to do when we read through Revelation 2 and 3, Try not to be like the American church and point a finger and say, yep, that's that denomination. I see it all over the place. Yep, that's Joel Osteen, all right. Yep, that's Joyce Myers, all right. Yep, 
Stephen Furtick, death to death, talking about, don't be that person, please. That is the enemy talking. You are not the accuser of the brethren. If that comes out of your mouth, you need to repent because you do not know their heart. You do not know what God is doing in and through them on a daily basis. You are not there. You were not in their counsel. You were not the Holy Spirit. So do not let accusation, slander, and, and, and cut downs of brothers and sisters who profess to be Christians come out of your mouth. I know that is not popular, but that I promise you, I have watched good meaning, and I'm using air quotes there, brothers and sisters in Christ allow slanderous talk escape their mouths and before you know it pride is set into their lives and then the destruction of their ministry it is like a slow fade but i promise you it will happen because the enemy loves it when christians so-called christians turn inward like a cancer and start eating away at its own body don't be that person that is right here it is in, I think it's a compromising church and that it's a corrupt church. Those are those people who look at others and say, that's who you're talking about, right, Lord? Mm -hmm. I'm going to rebuke them with my prayers. No, you look inward. You look at your own self. You put that mirror right in front of you and you start asking the Lord, what do I need to do to correct what I am doing in my life? Me as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a business owner, as an employee, as a friend, as a sister, as a member of the body of Christ, what am I doing that's keeping God's word from being produced through the world? You have to make it a personal thing. When you do that, you humble yourself enough where, and pride won't have room. It won't have a leg to stand on. And you humble yourself and say, Lord, not my will, not my understanding, not my agenda, not my motives, but yours be done, Lord, in, in the whole world. I want to glow. I want you to be glorified. I want my words, my actions, and my deeds to glorify you, Father. And so we have to be careful during this time because our children are watching. Yes, they should know people. They're like, you know, I tell my boys all the time. It's like, listen, a lot of times you have to eat the hay and spit out the sticks. I listen to Stephen Furtick a lot. And there's some things I'm like, mm, not so much, but there are some things I'm like, man, he was being used by the Holy Spirit right there. Cause that is 100% God. Same thing with Joyce, same thing with jealousy. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And until they say that Jesus isn't the son of God and there's multiple ways to heaven. And even if they do say that, I'm still going to pray for them. If they have another day on earth, that means God's grace and mercy is upon their life. And I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to stand around them. And I'm going to make sure that the enemy does not take them out. I would not wish hell on any of those people. And I would not contribute to the enemy by putting things in their way to cause them to stumble even further. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, here we go. Revelation chapter four, right? Now we just got finished with the lukewarm church in Revelation chapter three. And I'm going to read through that last part because I think that is very poignant to what we're going to see. I think it's purposeful that God placed it in this order and through the revelation that John got um, that he wanted you to see this because if you're, if you have a lukewarm mindset, then when someone talks to you about what they believe in, when the, the revelation of who God is, if you will, you will, you will not 
be in awe of the holiness and the magnitude and the, and the, and the splendor of God. If you have a lukewarm heart, if you have a lukewarm heart, you'll read this and be like, man, you know, that's not for me. I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, is it really like that? You'll have this second guest nature about you. So I believe that's one of the reasons why God Jesus showed this to John in this order. Okay. So let's read, let's back up and read chapter three, verse 14 through 21. And the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things say, says the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich. I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. I do not know. I do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy um, from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and the anoint and anoint your eyes with salve that you may see. As, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. That right there, I believe, is a huge contradiction to what everybody's saying. You know, Christians don't, if you hate this, if you hate that, not get it. Yes, if you hate people, you, you, you can't, you can call yourself a Christian because you could be a work in progress, but you can't call yourself a follower of Jesus, um, to that extent because it's very misleading, but you can say, I stand against this. I stand against this because this is what God hates. I hate what God hates. It's not me. It's God. And I know what God hates will keep you from him. And I don't want that. So I'm going to hate whatever is keeping you from knowing the fullness of God. And unfortunately, in most Christian circles have twisted and distorted that with all kinds of things. It's all kinds of things. You know exactly like, I'm not going to go into specifics because that's not what this is about, but we, we have to be very careful that we are, um, that love as many as I love, God will rebuke and chasten. That means he will correct sternly. And, um, we want to make sure that that chastening and that correction and rebuke is on this side where there's grace and mercy and forgiveness and repentance instead of the other side when he says, um, walk away from me. I've never known you. You know, you said this in my name or you said this in my name and you, you, you don't have it in me. I don't see myself in you. We don't want it to be on that side. We want the rebuke to be on this side of heaven. Okay. Therefore be zealous and repent, repent, repent. Verse 19, repent. That is the biggest thing. I get a lot of people have these journeys. That's why I, you can't just label people just because you hear it online that so-and-so did so-and-so did such and such. And you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. You can't say that because we don't know where their journey of repentance is. We don't know because we're not with them. Like I said, 24 hours a day. So we have to be very careful because that can add to your own lukewarmness, um, unforgiveness and um, having that, holding that over somebody's head, um, labeling them um, a certain way, because honestly, we don't know what our job as believers is to speak the truth of God's word and to love them through the process of their own understanding and their own development so that they can come to the saving knowledge and the truth of God's word. Okay. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone 
hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. And I also overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. That's why I always pray, Lord, give us the ears to hear and the eyes to see what you have to say, because we want to be able to receive no matter what, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how I feel right now, it doesn't matter how I personally feel. I want all of this natural life, all what's going on in the background in my life to wipe away, to just melt away so I can laser focus on what God has to say, because I want to be on fire for him. I want to be a refreshing cold water for those who need it. And I want to be the heat of God's holiness whenever it's needed. I want to be that way for the people around me. And I have to keep that focus. I can't listen to what other people say about other believers and stuff and, and let myself be pushed to and for, fro back and forth between all these different kinds of opinions. Those opinions don't matter because honestly, we don't know the whole truth to, to make those decisions. So concretely is ignorance. And, um, you're at say, acting like you're God. Because you know you're basically saying I know exactly what's going on and I'm judging them for what it is and I've already stamped, sealed, and delivered their their destination and that you can't do that. We don't have that kind of power. What we can do is call things out in our heart or ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it. Keep it to ourselves. This is where I believe the scripture of women being quiet comes in because so many times we are moved by our emotions and we're so quick to just you know and just jump out at stuff that we forget to slow down and just sit and listen because women have such a, a strong spirit of discernment. And if we actually be quiet a little bit longer and allow the Holy spirit to use that um, and listen to the Holy spirit, we are so good. Just like um, they did this test a long time ago where there was this group of children and they were in this room full of, full of mamas and um, the women were hearing mom, mom, and they were blindfolded. And these, I think the kids were lined up, but there was just a room of all these people just kind of talking and they were able to go straight to their kid. It was just a cool thing because moms know we have that sense about us. And so it's not a rebuke of women can't talk, women can't do this. It is, listen, women, you have a God-given gift to sit back and use the discernment that the Holy Spirit has given you. And if you are always talking, that means you're never listening. That means you're not flowing in the gifting that I've called you to, with which it has a supernatural discernment. And I need you operating this because you know, you call a cow a cow and a rat a rat. You know, you can see through all the facade when people are being fake, when people are being real. And I need you to know and use that. So whenever the enemy comes in, you can, you can see that wolf for what it is. You can pray, rebuke it because we fight not against flesh and blood. That's what I don't get. That's again, why I don't get why people are always um, hammering out their emotions and their feelings about preachers in the natural. I was like, then rebuke the spirit. Cause that's what, that's what we fight against. You know, so we can fight against the spirituality behind it. We can name it, declare it, rebuke, resist it, and teach our children the same, okay? So this is, this is so important. So let those who have ears, let them hear. Revelation chapter four, here we go. After these things, I looked, let me lift, lift it up just a little bit. Mm, yes, that's fine. Um, 
After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. What was this? The understanding of all the, the um, churches in the, in the world, all the churches in the world hearing what they needed to do, their correction. So I believe there's going to be a season of correction in different churches throughout the body of Christ. There's going to be this flow, a flood, an influx of the power of God that's going to bring correction and straightening up because there's we need all of us unified. We need everybody from every walk of life that claims that Jesus is the son of God, that he is our savior, he is our king of kings, and he is our Lord of lords to all be unified. So there's going to come a time, okay? I will show you things that much takes place after this. So I believe that is the unification of all these churches, understanding, correcting, repenting, and moving forward. Immediately, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat, one sat on the throne. Who is he? Mm, he is God almighty. Hallelujah. And he who sat there was like, and he who sat there was like a jasper of sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had gowns of gold on their head. They had crowns of gold on their head. And from the throne proceed lightning and thundering and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, around the throne, and around the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes and front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying angel. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and your will, they exist and were created. Okay. There's a few things I need to break down and a couple of things are going to sound crazy. I know I get it, but listen, I've set this stage in my life before. I don't, this is my little preface. I don't, I don't care what it is, believe anything. What I say by anything, goose egg, anything, literally anything that comes out of the mouth of men in the secular world. I just don't. Um, I used to, I used to a long time ago until I started doing my own digging and one and one did not equal two on a lot of things. And so, um, I just started doing my own. I'm like, cause, cause here's the thing. So many times in the world, we get taught things and we just take it for granted as truth because, um, people with letters behind their names or, um, from certain institutes said it was so, so we just take it as that. 
because that's what they say. But if we've learned over the last year and a half that those people are just big old jokers, they are in it for money, they're in it for power, they're in it for glory, and they're in it to set up the final world system. So unless they declare that Jesus is the son of God and the reason why they're doing X, Y, and Z is to give God glory, I don't believe them. I don't, have, I don't care what it is. You name it, I don't believe it. Now, do I believe men and women of God have been used to work in certain areas? Yes, I believe God strategically places men and women of God throughout many facets of this world. I believe that. But do I receive anything that comes out of the mouthpiece? I always think of, if you ever watched Lord of the Rings, which I'm a huge nerdy Lord of the Rings fan. Um, I love Tolkien. Uh, there is a scene in the movies um, that is called the mouth of Sauron. And he comes to the, the rest of the fellowship, the, the remnants of the fellowship. And they, and he just spews these lies because he is the mouthpiece of the big bad guy, Sauron. Okay. He's the mouth of Sauron, the mouth of Satan, basically. And he tells them, you know, he's dead. Your, your guy's dead. And they're like, no. And he's like, ah, okay. So I'm going to feed off of that because you're listening to me because you have no idea that I'm always going to lie to you in order to manipulate you in order to get what I want, because what I want is dominant and power, dominance and power. That's how I see every single person that gets on television, news, anybody that, that has still being used by this world system and still peddles the same lies to the media. I, I, you're a liar to me. Okay. So that's the groundwork from what I'm saying. Whatever I read this section of the, of the Bible, and it says that around the throne, it was like he, where he sat, this is verse three, was like Jasper and Sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance, like an emerald. I read this one time and it hit me like in the chest, just like a, a jolt of lightning. Because at that time I was like, God, I feel like you are closer than the world. Cause the narrative of the world is that we're this little minute speck of dust. We're stardust and we're floating through this ever expanding universe. And, and of course, Christians have taken that just like, basically like the, like the, like the gay community has taken the rainbow and adapted it to their way of doing things. Christians have taken what scientists have said about space and have adapted to Christianity, which is not how it's you're supposed to do, because that's not what God says creation is at all. And you can't prove to me otherwise that nothing, literally nothing that science says, space and everything is what it is, is in the Bible, not a single verse. So if you can't find it in the word of God, if you can't back it up with the word of God, why are you believing it? So I'm sitting here looking at this and I've been digging about that. And I was like, God, I know because you created this place and you said that you walked with Adam, you, you yourself, Yahweh walked with your creation in the cool of the day. And Jesus said to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and then Jesus, whenever he was done talking to his disciples, he just went, whoop, he just went, whoop. And then in the Bible, it says that that the, at the end times, and we're going to read it later on, that the, the stars in the heaven are going to fall from the sky. And, 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 then, and then you said that you're going to roll the clouds back like a scroll and the whole earth is going to see you return on a horse. The whole earth is going to see you return on the horse. So somebody's lying about what the world looks like. 
And I don't think it's the one who created it. I think it's the one who wants us to think that there's escape somewhere on some planet somewhere. And we don't think of, and we want to think of Star Wars and Star Trek and all these things as God's way out there. He doesn't care because we're some insignificant speck out in space, hurling through space. And that's a bald faced lie from the pit of hell. I can, I can, I can tell you this. The reason why is because every space program, every space shuttle that's gone up is named after a Luciferian deity. Apollos. Revelation said that when the pit opens, who's going to come out of the pit? Apollos, Apollyon. So you're telling me that God, Yahweh, says it's okay for something named after a pit creature is, you know what I'm saying? So you like one plus one equals 75. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. So when I read this, when I let's go back to the hit in the chest moment. So when I read this, I was like, okay, so in the, in the garden of Eden, you actually name rivers that are currently here. You name regions that are here. We can naturally see this. So Lord, I feel like I've seen this before. And immediately he said, you have. What do you think the aurora borealis is? Now, science wants to tell us this refraction of light and chemicals and reactions to light of the sun and the rub of blood reflecting off the layers of the atmosphere, blah, 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 blah. But he said, that's not what it is. You were literally looking up at the throne room of God that is perfectly positioned at the epicenter, the north of, of all of creation. Because look what it says. And he who sat there was like jasper and sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like emerald. And if you know what the aurora borealis looks like, it's waves like rivers of emerald and rainbows. And of course, signs are like, we don't know exactly what it is. I know exactly what it is because I've got a scripture to tell me what it is. And I believe that more than I believe that it's just a bunch of coincidental refractors of light and bending of light. You see what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But if you have this mentality, you're like, no, not, that's stretching it. Listen, I believe God is right there. When he says that he opened up windows uh, from heaven and it poured water poured out onto the earth to flood the earth and water came up from the depths and flooded the earth i believe it i believe it i'm not going to hold nasa that very luciferian whatever they are a cult word over the word of god because i know my god is right here he is ever present in time of need and when I'm absent from the body, I am right whew, present with the Lord. 
and believes like you. I listen, I very, I usually take pause. Uh, Jen um, said, those of you who are listening to the podcast said, refreshing to hear someone who believes like me. I, I say stuff like this. Um, he is near. He is so near. And we like to, the enemy wants us to believe that we are hurling through space. And y'all, do y'all believe, do y'all understand that the numbers that they give for the circumference of the earth, how fast we're going through space all add up to 666. Yeah, they try to give you like the other kind of calibration, but if you turn that calibration into mileage, it's 666. And everyone's like, oh, that's just the number of man. Okay, you're getting, you're adding now to this and making it seem less demonic than it actually, it's very demonic. What they've done, placing the sun in the center of the earth instead of creation and the sun and the moon as things that orbit around us, you can't tell me because the word of God says it. It's not that I'm making this up and I'm, I'm adding to the word of God. No, I'm not. Read Genesis 1 and tell me, you tell me what it's supposed to look like. Now go, go down and read Revelation whenever God himself says all the stars in heaven are going to fall to earth. And then compare that to what NASA says those stars are like, even though they've never been there. And tell me who's telling the truth. And now you tell me the ramifications of believing every lie that NASA's ever said that has had two people who believe in God. There are more atheists that come out of believing that there is space and aliens. And now we have actual aliens coming to earth and all this bull. It is all a part of a system, an anti-Christ system, an anti-God creation system that's trying to keep us lukewarm and lethargic and lackadaisical so that we do not look up and understand that all that God has told us is true and is coming to pass. If we don't have that truth inside of us, then the urgency will never be there. And we will always take it as some raving misgivings from somebody who just takes the Bible a little bit too literally. I'm sorry, but everything that Jesus said was going to happen after he left has happened to the T. So I'm going to believe them. I'm going to believe God and John and Paul and Elijah and Elisha and Ezekiel. Okay. So just keep that in mind. So as you start serving and you go outside and you look up at the heavens, know that he is right there. He is watching you. Don't be discouraged by what the world is trying to scream at you. Look up and worship him worship him worship him he's created everything to point straight up everything in this world points straight up it doesn't point in all these different directions it points straight up he is right there and he is watching and he is waiting for his people to declare his glory and to believe him when he says that he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end and the soon returning king. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going. Now, I want to go back to the verse. Um, that's enough of that. <laughs> I want to go to that verse that says, and this ties in with what I was saying earlier about people saying, um, oh, look at Bethel over there. Look at Hillsong over there. Look at Joel, Joel Osteen over there. Look at all the, stop doing that. If you find yourself getting trapped in that lock, 
rebuke that spirit of pride because that's what it is self-righteousness off of you because these again are brothers and sisters yes their journey is different than ours yes they are growing and listening to god they might be more advanced than you are who are you to say you do not know god i am sure that whenever if 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 we lived in the time of ezekiel and ezekiel told us what he saw in the vision and he came out saying that on national television we'd be like can you believe with that ezekiel he is a false prophet how dare he say that he saw a throne on wheels with eyeballs and things with faces with wings and eyeballs, you know, like we would think that they were crazy. We can't just pigeonlock people just because our denomination says that those things have gone away with, which I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, um, just because we, we, we have allowed men's opinions to dictate how we read God's word. We can't let that keep us from expressing and loving the ginormity and the beauty of God's body, Jesus's body here on earth. Because even the disciples disagree with one another, but they still at the end of the day understood that God was going to, Jesus was going to use them in different aspects, in different ways to reach different people, because that's what God is. He knows all, he sees all, he is all in all. And so for us to pigeonhole him into an Americanized, very Western way of thinking is ignorance. And we need to stop. We need to stop. So I said all that to say this, there's another thing that's been going on that people will say, um, I hate the repetitiveness of uh, Christian music. It's so shallow. All they say is they just repeat it over and over again. One of the songs that they were, was getting attacked was um, come to the altar. Elevation church did the song come to the altar, which I love that song because yes, we should come to the altar. We should repent. What's so wrong about that song? I get it. There's some songs that they could change a couple of words here and there, but I'm not going to tell them they're false prophets because I don't, that I, I, I don't agree with the adjectives they use in their own walk with Jesus to describe the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So whenever people say, I don't like the repetitiveness of um, worship today, it's so, so kindergarten, it's so this, I can't believe that they'll just say, oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, oh, come to the altar, the, you know, like, you want to repeat it over again, over again, oh, what a savior, isn't he wonderful, sing hallelujah, you know, Christ is risen. Sing it again. Oh, what a savior. Isn't he wonderful? I mean, why wouldn't you want to repeat that? What's the big deal? Why do we have to now attack a worship team for repeating a sentence over and over again? Because what are they doing in heaven? Tell me right here. And they do not rest day or night. It's the end of verse eight. They sing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come on loop. You're going to really hate heaven. I'm sorry. And now a word from our sponsors. Now let's get back to our program. I'm sorry. 
Unfortunately, we've turned worship into entertainment and we did, we haven't, we need to come back to the simplification of, of worship. I can sing Amazing Grace, the Chris Tomlin version, um, the chain breaking version and the, and the, um, and the old school version all the time. I can sing the song, how great thou art on repeat. I can sing that all the time. What's so bad about that? Why do we have to attack again, the body of Christ for something that eternity for eternity, this is what they're saying. And even those who sit around the thrones of 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns down before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You created all things and by your will, they exist and were created. And then they see him again and they, it's like they, it's like they do this with their eyes closed and, and it's like, because they are so limited in their understanding when they open their eyes, they see him again. They're like, holy, you are worthy. Oh Lord. Oh my goodness. You're so, wow. Wow. Holy, holy, holy are you Lord. I can't get enough of you. I, every time I look up, there's another beautiful aspect of you because I'm looking into eternity and you're so good and you love me. How can you love me? How? How is this possible? The one who created the star and stars and the moon and the sun and birds and, and a woman's ability to create life and the color of eyes. Have you seen the ends of an eyeball? That's so amazing. How do you love me? Who falls all the time? Who's so wretched and, and gross and just says, you know, and it passes gas. And I know it is crude, but God, you know, but you allow me to have a voice to be able to worship you and give you glory and honor and power. And I'm going to do that forever. And I become so excited. So I'm going to use this time, Lord. I'm not going to fight with your people. I'm not going to call one dominant denomination wrong and the other one right. I'm not going to try to pick apart what's wrong and try to find out who the false teachers are. I'm not going to waste time. What I'm going to do is show people that you were real and that you were good and that you are, are coming back really soon. And we need to be repentant because we miss the mark so many times and we sin and we fall short, but you are so good and you're so faithful to forgive us and, and love us through these moments of our wretched humanity, but you still call us your friend that we're not servants anymore, that we're friends of God because we can call him our Messiah. We can call him Adonai, hallelujah. So as we read in this next scripture, next passage, I want to um, push pause on this because I only want to go an hour and I want to give each chapter really the, the do that they need because I don't want to, to, talk too long, but I also want to make sure that, that what needs to be said needs to be said because every single chapter in the book of revelation has directed very focused words for this generation. And we need to take heed of it. And we need to be very careful on how we um, teach the next generation, the goodness of God and the severity and his holiness. He's good by giving us another day. 
He's good by sending Jesus to die for our sins so that we don't have to sacrifice animals for the blood atonement for our sins. He is good because he still wants relationship with us. He's good because he gives us breath every morning. He's good because he created this beautiful world for us to enjoy. He is good. No matter what the world likes to say, no matter how much they try to hide him or make him seem like he's far away, it is a lie again from the pit of hell. He is ever present. He is right here and he shows up. That's why the Bible says that we might entertain angels and we don't even know it. They come and go as they please through the windows of heaven, like Jacob's ladder. They just come and go. And, and, and heaven is literally right there outside the firmament. He's right there. It is, it's so powerful. If you haven't, um, I like, I haven't watched them enough to, um, uh, discern anything that is, um, sketchy about their theology. I believe that it's point on point because all they do is read through the Bible. So when you do that, you can't really go wrong because it's not your words, it's his. Um, but the Bible project on YouTube, it's mostly animation, but the animation that they have that is geared towards Jesus and, um, who, uh, who God is and where he's coming from and what he's doing is on point. It is on point. And I'm sorry, I just had a deja vu because I feel like I've talked about this before and the, the whole scenario is playing through my head. And um, I'm, I've been getting that a lot lately that um, I've talked about this before. Um, I have dreams and those of you who followed me any time at any point know that I have dreams. I've had dreams since I was a child and I remember every single one of them. Um, they've gotten, there's so many of them now that in my mind, I've actually created a mental Rolodex and you can literally mention anything and I can recall a dream and almost even the season in the year in which I had it. And I just had a, I always called it a collision with reality in my dream. And that was it just now. I just played out my last week and I'm like, oh yeah, I dreamt that. And I remember having a conversation with my mom about the whole situation. Um, so praise God, cool. Things are coming to fruition. But um, I think it's so important that we look at the word of God. Let me just say this, that we look at the word of God very carefully and we don't allow the world to show us what the word of God says. We don't allow the world to pull us away from the word of God and get us into traps. One of the traps, two biggest traps right now, one of them is um, the trap of whether or not uh, certain speakers are false prophets or not. And I promise you this, if they are a false prophet, they are preaching a false Christ. If they're preaching a false Christ, that means they're preaching that there are multiple ways to heaven. There are multiple ways to the father. If they're preaching a false Christ, that does not mean that, um, being a false teacher does not mean that when, um, or let's say you can't label them a false teacher if they are focusing on finances, because some people that is their calling. 
just because you don't understand it, just because that's not the season you're in, doesn't mean it's not going to speak to somebody else. So don't knock it. Um, if they speak on healing and your, your body or your church doesn't believe on healing that maybe your church and your body believes in it's God's will, no matter what, that's not biblical, but you can't get mad at somebody because they have a healing ministry. And yes, I know I get some people do abuse that, but some people abuse their wives, but we don't see a lot of people calling husbands out on Facebook for abusing their wife. And if you don't do that, then shut your mouth. That's all I got to say. Um, and, uh, and I've said this before, if you're not willing to call out your local pastors who are doing stuff like that and go to them, then stop talking about people on television that you're never going to meet because you're being unbiblical. Um, if you can't sit with them and talk to them personally, and sit across from them and, and rebuke them, kind of like how um, the prophet came to, to David and gave him the example of the sheep. If you can't do that, then you need to keep your mouth shut. You need to just pray for that person. It's just plain and simple as that is my, that is my um, uh, interpretation of what God wants us to do um, through, the, through the word of God, but it's also, it keeps pride out of the equation because I, again, I don't know them. I don't um, I don't, I can't hear their thoughts. So I don't know what their journey is like and where they're, where, where they are going to go. So whenever I hear anything that kind of rubs me the wrong way, when it comes to anything doctrinally, I usually just start praying for them or I just kind of ignore it. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know, you know what they're doing. It's not like God doesn't know and God's going to handle them. And more than likely there are people praying for them and giving them counsel. Um, so just be careful. That's one of the big things. Um, the other one is whether or not, um, is honestly, let me just put it straight to the fire, whether or not to, um, be hardcore Torah observant or, um, or not. It's getting to the point where there are many people that are dividing. They're completely breaking apart from each other. And that's not God. That's not God. God doesn't do that. He doesn't allow it. He breaks apart against um, the, um, from your flesh. He will tear you out of, from homes that uh, like through following him, people will be like, I don't, I don't like this Christ thing that you're doing. And it, it'll cause division in your home. But when it comes to whether or not you should be completely Torah observant or non-Torah observant, there's too, there's too way too much division on that. Um, and it's, it's sad to watch because we all believe in the same thing. Um, and I don't, I don't get that again, everybody is on a different journey. Everybody is at different stages of the Christian walk and we can't say, oh, you're not this way. Then you're obviously not a real Christian or you're not, or I don't even call myself Christian anymore. Come on guys. Stop being so pious. Stop being just stop. Just really stop because the world is watching us and we look like a bunch of ninnies running around. Like we honestly don't know. It's like a kid saying, you're not my real dad. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I am the man of the house. So from God's standards, you need to listen to me. So there's that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Don't be the kid who tells the parent, you're not my real mom or dad. Don't, let's not do that. It's just, it's that same mentality. Um, those are the biggest things that I've seen right now. And I believe that they're tools of the enemy to keep us divided. And that's not going into the secular world with feminism and the LGBTQ trans movement, abortion issues um, that are running rampant right now. The race wars, I'm disrespecting the police. There's so many other entities, demonic entities out there that are ripping this nation 
and honestly other nations and too because Canada has just gone cuckoo for cocoa puffs um so we have to be very careful when you are a follower of the father and when you're a follower of the word of God, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Whenever you are, you are a child of the most high washed in the blood of Jesus, you have to be careful with your words. If you aren't, read through Proverbs, make it a point to read through the book of Proverbs to learn how, when to speak up and when to be silent. That's why I went through a, a, a season where I wasn't making live videos because I was like, Lord, I don't want to be that person who loves to hear themselves talk. So that's the only reason why I'm on here. I don't want to be that person. I want to give you glory. I want people to learn from their word. I want them to be on fire for you. I want them to come away refreshed, but also a challenged to, to self-examine because I'm self-examining every single day. Sharon Fletcher, I totally agree. I've had the same thoughts lately. Let's see. I'm just going to try to make it more. It won't let me. Oh, there it goes. Um, let's say I've had the same thoughts lately. Uh, Sharon Fletcher says, I'm having to focus on the assignment that, that God has given me and pray for others. And Jen says, I struggle with that. Thank you for calling it out. It's really hard. I honestly, like, like I love, I love celebrating the feasts. I do not celebrate Halloween. I go back and forth on it because, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. It is. Um, I don't celebrate Christmas anymore. Um, I, I say I, our family. Um, we don't call it Easter anymore because that is demonic. I don't, you can't, I'm sorry, guys, you can't split hairs on that. That kind of stuff is blatant slap in the face of the, of the father. It just is. Um, and I get some people aren't there yet. Do your own research, read the history of it, read what the Catholic church had in mind with it. Do those things. Give yourself ignorant. Don't keep yourself ignorant. Don't uh, give yourself knowledge when it comes to stuff like that and understand what Jesus, what God himself warned against in the old Testament, things that he hated that the children of Israel picked up because they wanted to be like the other kingdoms. Cause they thought, I don't know what they thought. Good heavens but it always led to their captivity and always led to the destruction of God's church and uh, well, the temple, you know what I'm saying? And, and his people were held captive of those things. Those things do your search, do your search, read the word. It goes back to revelation um, two and three. It is going through those churches and saying, am I that, am I doing that? Am, do I have these things in my heart? Am I holding man's traditions higher than the word of God? Am I listening to the, what the world is saying about who God is, where he's at, what he's doing? And, and, and I'm, and I'm looking at the word of God through the lens of the world instead of the other way around. Like I said before, I don't care who you are. If you are of this world, if you're not a brother and sister of Christ, even if you are, um, but I, I dial it down a little bit for brothers and sisters in Christ. And I give you the benefit of the doubt because you claim that Jesus is your savior, but people in the world, like, I don't, I don't be like, Oh yeah, well, Smith said that. Oh, I'm going to let that speak to my life. No, I don't. I'm like, that's good. You got it from the word of God, but it's great that he took it and tried to make it his own. Same thing with anybody else. It doesn't matter who they are. President doesn't matter. Pope. I don't care. I don't care who you are. 
I don't care if you're the chief of police. I don't care if you're my mayor. I don't care if you're the governor. I don't care who you are. If you do not declare Jesus is the son of God and that he died for your sins and he resurrected on the third day and he ascended into heaven and you see that the right hand of God and he is the, is the uh, God breathed son, blood son, uh, man, God, son of God, Yahweh, father, father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Old Testament, the new coming risen king, all the things that the Bible says he is. If you don't say that, you're a liar to me. Your father is the devil and you're a liar. And I will listen to what you have to say, but I'm not going to receive what you have to say. And unfortunately, a lot of believers are receiving a lot of children of Satan's word over the word. And it's created lukewarmness. Because of that, it's hard for you to have a true relationship with the father um, because of it. And I, I feel that some of you are really struggling with your intimacy with the father. It's because you need to shut doors from voices of the children of Satan in your home. There's a, there's a lot of stuff out there and you don't realize it until you truly see it. And I've always been told, oh, you're too, that's just crazy. That's just too much. I'm like, you can put your head in the sand all day long. But what that tells me is that you want to hold on to those spirits. Unfortunately, they have a stronger hold on you than you realize. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Always think back to, and I'll end it with this. Always think back to the end of Joshua whenever Joshua did everything that he was supposed to do and all the tribes had their land and all the tribes were rejoicing and were doing exactly what they had set out to do through Moses and, and Exodus. That's how Joshua wraps up. The book of Judges begins with the death of Joshua and the children of Israel going right back to what they were doing because they forgot, because they chose to live a life of ignorance because they thought the comfort of what the the tradition that they had years ago or what the other cultures looked like and what they sounded like and what they smelled like and the music and all the stuff that they had was more pleasing than the torah than the than the law of god unfortunately what that led to was their captivity and lots of people trying to take over the the very land that they fought so hard to get and that was the never ending struggle. And we're literally still watching that play out to this day because they have been disobedient still because they still won't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, I don't want that for my children. I don't want that ongoing curse upon their lives, a pride, because I don't want to put down the things of this world because they think of them as, as comfort, as tradition, as Oh, but my grandma used to blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Did your grandma save you? I love my grandmas. I mean, let's, I mean, honestly, one of my grandmas, I know for sure more than likely is in heaven because that's all she lived. One other grandma, I'm praying that she actually made it. Honestly, I, I mean, I, I have a comfort that she did, but it was literally by the skin of her teeth on her deathbed. So the things that I have with that grandma, I'm not going to hold higher than what God told me is right and wrong. It, it doesn't make any sense because they don't determine my destiny. They don't deter, determine my eternity. 
God does. And if God says, don't pick this stuff up, you don't want to be like the man in whenever after Jericho, what was his name? That they fought the battle of AI or A or I. Yeah, it's literally capital A, little lowercase I. Um, and he was like, don't take any, God was like, don't take anything from that battle. And they did. They hoarded a bunch of stuff and their whole family got killed. There's no, there's no family of his in existence. His literally line stopped after Jericho. I don't want my family's line to stop because of my inability to believe God at his word. I don't want that. And there have been tons of families that are no longer in existence today because they chose their own comfort and their own way of doing things over the word of God. And that's what Revelation chapter two and three, I believe is telling us. Yep. It's pretty crazy. So be very, be very careful. This is the time to correct it. When we see things like this that are happening in the world today grow so tumultuous and so uncertain and think literally things are playing out so crazy. Um, was it the, I don't know exactly what it's called. Some of the G7 or what is it? Does anybody know the G7? Is that what it's called? The summit that happened. And they were literally on the coast over in the Middle East somewhere in Greece, I think. And there were all these world leaders. There was like seven world leaders standing at this coastline. And it was, it was literally a prophecy come to life, like right before our eyes. It was, it literally came to life. And because it was all about the one world government and that's the beast. They said it will come out from the sea. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And we're watching this. We're watching it all play out word for word, line for line, scripture by scripture, it's playing, it's coming out. And if we don't take this and understand it and repent for things that we've contributed to, um, we're going to, I mean, it's a gamble. That is a gamble like nobody's business. You do not want to gamble with that. I'm constantly, I said this before, I'm like, I'm constantly asking my boys, okay, how are you? Because I know they listen and watch things that they're not supposed to. I get onto them all the time. I'm always going into the room. They're like, why are you always coming here? I'm like, because if I feel like an inch, like if I feel like a, just a tingle of like a foof of the enemy in my house, I'm coming, I'm busting in. I'm looking around. Like, what you looking at? What you listening to? Who are you talking to? Let me see. Give me your phone. Okay. And they'll come in and talk to me. Did you see this video about this thing that's happening over in so-and-so? And they see it. They see it. But I want, I want to make sure that they're ready. Because like if heaven help us, if, if we tarry for the next 15 years and my kids are <clears throat> like in 15 years, Nicholas is going to be 36 years old. And I just made a face for those of you who are listening. And Aiden's going to be 31. Good Lord. What are they going to, what are they going to have to fight spiritually? And if I don't arm them, my husband and I are included. When I say I, I'm including my husband. 
Um, cause he, we both, we both teach them. If I don't arm them now and equip them now, get their sword sharpened, their shield in mint condition, their helmets securely tightened on of salvation. So all those thoughts don't come bombarding them and, and, and messing with their identity. Isn't that crazy that we're messing with identities right now? Because mm-hmm. that helmet of salvation isn't strapped on for most people. They left their helmet a long time ago. They did. And unfortunately, a bunch of parents aren't even teaching it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's crazy, Jen. I know we all, we all need to literally check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, watch what we watch on television. There's literally barely anything we watch anymore, like literally nothing (laughs) and everything we do watch. Um, because I've taught our kids so much of what's going on, the lies of the devil and y'all, you can laugh all you want to. I don't care. You can, I, whenever people laugh, when I say this, I just think, I'm sorry that you have your head in the sand, but when it comes to like the Illuminati and, um, Masons and people who have very Luciferian, um, thoughts and agendas, um, when it, because they have control over the television, they have control over programs and that's what exactly they are. They're programming you, um, whenever they have it as just everywhere now it's just blatant they don't even care they're just putting it all out there the whole entire plan because so many people believe it's stupid and not real that they can say everything that they're planning to do it's like that scene in pirates of the caribbean he said i tend to like something something and uh something that I can't remember the whole words, but he's like my Weasley black guts out or something. He, he's like, he said, I said no lies. He goes, I think he's telling the truth. He goes, he wouldn't have told us if it was the truth. He said, or I would have, or I tell you, and I know that you wouldn't believe me, even though, even though it was the truth. It's like, that's exactly what the enemy's doing. He's telling you because we have pushed what he actually is doing into cartoons. And we've made it such a, a joke that nobody knows the truth when they see it, he can say exactly what he's saying and wants to do to your children and to our lives. And because we've downplayed it, especially in the church so much, and we don't teach on it, we've downplayed it so much. We don't take it as a truth. We take it as a fantasy and it's like, oh them, yeah, Illuminati. I'm like, no, mm -mm. they're legit. And they're out to get your children because they're working for Satan. It's just the truth. There's no plan there's no gray area when it comes to this world it's either god's kingdom or the kingdom of darkness there's no in between there's no neutral zone you can't have one because there's no neutral eternity there's not one it's heaven or hell and that's what's here on earth we are either sons of god sons and daughters of god or we are sons and daughters of satan so um yeah so next week, on a lighter note, um, we'll be reading through chapter five. In chapter five, and if you didn't catch this or if you want to listen to it again, it will be as a podcast. I'm releasing those every Friday. Um, no, every, yes, every Friday, um, along with another podcast. And um, 
And so you can listen to this again or share it or whatever. Um, you can share this video also. Um, next week, it'll be chapter five, Revelation chapter five. Um, the lamb takes the scroll and worthy is the lamb. Um, there's, there's some stuff behind this that I believe um, is very poignant and very purposeful. And it keeps our minds aware and sharp about what's happening right now. Um, again, too many believers believe that the rapture or the taking away or the holding, again, there's another thing that we're being divided on. Um, I'm not going to go into that. Um, that that we need to know. We need to, we need to see it's playing out right before our eyes. We're pl it's playing out right, right here. And, um, and it's so awesome. It's so exciting. I can't, I I'm, I'm excited. I believe that we don't even have five years left. You know, I really don't believe that. Um, which is cool. Um, and I'm praying for each and every one of you pray for you to have boldness and wisdom and a hunger for God's word like never before. Again, don't listen to what the world Satan system is saying as truth. Listen to what he's saying because he's giving his himself away and listen to his battle plan because he's going to tell you whether you believe what they say or not as, um, as uh, whatever conspiracy theorist or what, listen, listen to what they're saying. Don't receive it in fear or as a new doctrine or how you should uh, prepare yourself. The only way you should prepare yourself is right here. Okay. God's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by, by Christ Jesus. And if you give, it shall be given unto you. God's not going to have his children begging for bread. He's just not. Satan wants to scare you into that. So you'll be easily swayed and manipulated and be ready to take the mark of the beast. But God is not going to do that to his children. All their needs were met in every scenario. Whenever he rebuked, even whenever they were in captivity, their needs were met. So don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the world lie to you. Don't listen to those puppets of Satan. Listen to the word of God. Listen to his Holy Spirit and no other voice should you listen to. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for this time that we have to read your word, to study your word, and be encouraged to, to keep going, to keep moving forward, to be beacons of hope in this dark, dark world. I thank you, Father God, for my brothers and sisters in Christ listening. I thank you that as they go about their day and their night, they will be filled with your power, your love, and your peace, and your joy. That They will get plenty of sleep tonight. That They will cast all their cares on you because you care for them, and that they will wake up full of joy and full of peace, ready to start the day and to do your will, not their will, not their through their fear, but they will live according to your will be done. And thank you for all these things, your good word, your good peace, your strength, the anointing that breaks yoke. I thank you for all these things in Jesus's mighty, precious, unmatchable name we pray. Amen. Amen. Real quick before you um, leave, I just want to give a shout out to my sweet friend, Amy Chisholm for this beautiful Bible. It says Angela's Holy Bible on it. She painted this for me as a thank you for my last conference. Um, it's just beautiful. She hand painted this Bible, you guys, like all the leopard print, 
everything about it. I got to pick out the Bible. Um, if you go visit um, Amy Chisholm Design, I think she has a couple of Bibles left. She's in the middle of um, moving and building. They're building a home. So she's not taking any special orders for a while. It might not even be until January, but I think she has like a couple of Bibles um, for order on her website, but um, uh, it is Amy Chisholm Design. Um, let's see, I'll hold up. Let's see if I can hold this up. If you can see that, this is Amy Chisholm Design. She also gave me these Bible tabs that as soon as I'm done with you guys, I'm going to put these on my Bible. They, she orders them. It has all the books of the Bible on there. And then she hand paints each one of them with these great um, polka dots according to, or whatever, you could do stripes, chevron, she could do whatever, um, according to your design on, let me turn it the right way. On the front, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. That's what she put on the front because it's the scripture that we have. The, one of the two scriptures, um, the other one is Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And that is the giving hope uh, scripture. And she, isn't that just beautiful? I, when I got this in the mail, I just kind of, I just squealed with delight. I said, this is going to be my church Bible. And Nicholas was like, what are you going to do with that beat up old Bible that you have? I'm like, that's going to be my Bible study Bible at home that I can just write what, you know, all the things that I get. But this is going to be my new church Bible that I bring to church on Sunday mornings. And um, I love it. You can't tell. I don't know if you can tell, but that's gold. So it has like this really cool shimmer to it, but yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. So I'm going to probably put on some Beth Moore and put my Bible tabs on and enjoy the rest of my Tuesday night because it's been a long day for me. I had work this morning. Well, two jobs I worked today. So um, y'all have a blessed night. I love you guys. I will talk to you soon. Uh, those of you who are listening to the podcast, make sure y'all subscribe to um, Giving Hope Ministries. Um, website is givinghopeministries.com. There's a, quite a few things on there, all the stuff that I've been involved in. I'm actually about to add one more project that I'm involved in, um, Pixie Cup, um, and it'll have all the stuff on there. But um, subscribe to our newsletter, and I will see y'all soon. Love you guys so much. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.